Hi, everybody. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Sabbath to you. Uh, we're doing church again, uh, mobily and remotely. And so it's, uh, as, as we're all uh, dealing with the pandemic, uh, Lord willing, uh, we're getting some good news of, of uh, maybe it, they might start reopening things, which would be wonderful. Um, that's our hope, and that's our desire, and that's our continual prayer. Um, I want to just say thank you. God bless all of you. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're uh, staying safe. Um, and uh, thank you again for all of you that are supporting the church even through this time, because we still need to be supported. Um, the, uh, if you uh, just go to foothillcommunity.org, uh, um, that's where we will, um, and you can just uh, go on there, go online and, and, uh, and uh, um, bring an offering, you know, for your, your normal ties and offerings. You can just still do it there, even though we don't have a, a box you can drop it off at. Um, but you can do that, and uh, my prayer is that, like I say, everybody is doing um, well. Uh, um, I have some news about Larry Sarlos, um, uh, which is um, Ralph and Dee Dee's daughter, Heather, it's her father-in-law. I guess he had a bad accident um, a week ago off of his horse, it was an ICU, and he ended up going to be with the Lord. Uh, yesterday and um, so you if you have time just pray for the Sarlos family they uh, uh, live live up north in uh, in Los Olivos and uh, they have a, a ranch up there and a winery but you can um, pray for the family um, in fact we'll pray for them right now uh, then I'll do a, we'll do a song of worship and um, and then we'll just kind of get into, we're going to start a, a, a new message, a new series today. And so I figured while we're walking through this this season, we would uh, actually start, uh, just, just start kind of going through a scripture. And we're actually going to be in Exodus. So uh, would you join me in prayer? Father, um, God, through this season, Lord, when uh, there's so many uncertainties all over the place. God, we, we choose to trust you. We choose to believe that you're in control. We choose to uh, look to you, God, to sustain us, to help us, to heal us, to protect us, to guide us, Lord, and lead us in the way that we should go. And so, uh, Father, we lift up the Sarlos family. I pray for... Um, all of them, God, as they're walking through this very uh, uncomfortable, uh, kind of dark time, Lord, that you would be their source of encouragement and hope, that, Father, you'd bring alongside of them uh, other people who just would love them, lift them up, comfort them, God, while they're walking through this season. Um, and God, pray, just be with us and give us wisdom guidance as we uh, continue to look to you and trust you God for our um, for our daily bread for uh, our strength uh, to continue to bring change in us making us more and more just like Jesus 
And so uh, we thank you for who you are and that you're still God and you're still in control. And we uh, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
done great things and he's going to continue to do great things. Ah, uh, okay. So, as you notice, we're kind of uh, out in the middle of uh, Jeremiah's house. Oh, that's where we're at. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but we're out in the in the kind of the the desert up here, the high desert, and then it's um, as we're going through that we're going to go through the book of Exodus, and we're not going to kind of go through a verse by verse. We'll kind of go through chapter by chapter, but we could easily get bogged down in the in the laws and in the tabernacle, and even though I think that uh, those things are that you could do some great studies, it's it's some pretty tedious teaching. But we're going to kind of look at lessons uh, from the wilderness. And what God was trying to do as he, as he was um, creating a people for himself, creating a people that would uh, uh, trust him, that would uh, believe in him, and uh, would walk with him, and that could be a blessing to the rest of the world, basically fulfilling uh, the promise that God had given to uh, Abraham. And uh, so uh, we're going to look at people. We're going to look at some of the things that, that uh, they, uh, they experienced, some of the lessons that God taught them. And, um, and we'll get acquainted with uh, some of our forefathers uh, in the faith. And uh, so I'm going to start. I'm just going to kind of read through a chapter, a little bit chapter one. We'll read through it, and we'll then make some comments, all right? So if you have your Bibles, you guys could actually follow along in, a, in Exodus. Um, we're in chapter one this morning. <clears throat> it says, These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all, and Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all of his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly and increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, whom Joseph meant nothing to, came into power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous, and if a war breaks out, uh, they'll join our enemies and fight against us and leave the countries. So they put slave masters over them and oppressed them and forced with forced labor. They built Pitom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar, with all kinds of work in the fields. Then in all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shipporah, and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth and on the delivery stool, if you see that a baby is a boy, kill him. 
But if it's a girl, let her live. Let's stop there just for a second. These individuals found themselves in a really hard place between a rock, really, and a hard place. They were faced with uh, real difficult choices. And, uh, and the choices they made are going to be this. We're going to kind of really look at uh, uh, Shipura and Pua as good examples to follow. But we're getting ahead of ourselves in the story. So let me just give some background to where we're at right now in Exodus. Exodus is kind of a continuation of, of the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, it ended with um, the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons and their families, um, moving to uh, Egypt where Joseph was already there. And he had actually become the second in command. And he was very honored, and um, the people of Israel were also honored. They were the um, they were the husbandmen. They were the uh, uh, be it the uh, shepherds, the groundkeepers of the Egyptians, and so all the flocks and everything were basically controlled and and overseen by the Jewish people. Now I don't know how many years it was that. We're picking up the story right now, but it's got to be a number of years later, and it's about probably about 80 years before uh, they actually leave the nation of Egypt to go to the promised land led by Moses. And so at this time, there's probably a couple, probably three, four million people. So it's been a while, and they've grown the uh, uh, Hebrews have grown, and, and they, were, they were a blessing at first, and they were, they were uh, treated very, very kindly, and they were treated, uh, uh, um, uh, they were enriched by the Egyptians, but then all of a sudden it says a king came along who didn't remember Joseph, didn't know who Joseph was, and all of a sudden he just saw all of these people that were, they weren't Egyptians, and they were kind of uh, controlling some of the livestock and the and the food sources of the Egyptians, and he got a little freaked out. And so he, uh, he basically closed down their economy. And uh, he, he, he uh, basically put them into slave labor. All of a sudden, these people who had been running their own lives for a long time, now all of a sudden he says, nope, you don't know how to run your life. So uh, he began to make them slaves. And uh, like I said, I don't know how long it was, but it was, it was uh, definitely a while after they had actually moved there. And there was a big group of them. And so he made them slaves. And now all of a sudden these people that had run their lives by themselves now all of a sudden aren't able to run their lives. They're now all of a sudden being controlled. They're told uh, where to go, where to sleep, where to eat, um, what they can and can't do. No freedom at all. They were... Uh, Treated, it says, very, very, very harshly. And uh, the king was trying to do this because he was trying to um, hopefully make them so tired that they wouldn't want to have kids. They wouldn't want to take care of kids. And uh, so he made them slaves and made them make brick and mortar and had them build um, just a bunch of, of cities that were storehouses. But even in doing all that, it says that the children of Israel, they continued to flourish. They continued to get more and more 
more of them. And so then the king, uh, he kind of ramps up his, his uh, persecution, you might say, of them. And so he gets the midwives that are uh, the ones that are, are there at the birth of children. And he gets them and he says, as you're uh, bringing forth children from these women, from the Hebrew women, if one of them's a son, kill it. If it's a woman, if it's a girl, let her live. And he was doing this to kind of um, begin a, a type of genocide of the Hebrew people. And uh, because he, he didn't want them to gain any power and he figured if it's just girls, well, they can intermarry. And uh, so they would be, it'd be fine for them because they can intermarry and then we will, uh, uh, <clears throat> will kind of diminish the race. And, uh, and he, you know, he, 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 his desire is one just to kind of kill them off and to where now it's more of a mixed race instead of a pure race. And uh, almost sounds a little bit like Hitler did. And uh, even in our own country, I mean, there was probably a time when uh, people didn't want to give women uh, the right to vote or people of different color the right to vote because they felt that one, if they get too much power, how that would change how we live here. Um, but so Pharaoh, this Pharaoh is not really unique in all of his, uh, in his feelings. He has a plan and he's going to enslave them. He's going to control them. Um, but then he commands his midwives to kill the boys. And the thing is that the first lesson I see here is one that they, these women did what was right, no matter what. Uh, Shipra and Pua. All right, and a great name for a girl, Pua. I like to have a Pua. Um, they were commanded to kill the Hebrew boys at birth. And, um, and I'm sure that for these women, uh, um, actually midwives, I, I was reading this the other night, that midwives were actually uh, the way that all children are brought into the world up until the late 1600s. That was just how they were all brought into the world. There weren't physicians or, or men uh, physicians who would bring uh, children into the world. It was all done by midwives. And so I don't know if Shipra and Pua were actually the, the, the heads of maybe a guild of midwives because if there was over a couple million people, they were having a lot more kids than just two women could take care of. And, uh, <clears throat> and so... Um, they were asked to basically be uh, not only uh, uh, bring children into the world, but also they were asked to be executioners. And, um, and can you imagine the position that it put these women in who one loved bringing kids into the world? Uh, they actually, most midwives didn't have children themselves, but, and so each child that they brought in was kind of a, a surrogate, a child that they were able to bring in and experience the the thrill of motherhood, and yet they were asked to basically kill little boys. But they decided, no, we're not going to do that. So the midwives, however, it says they feared God in verse 17. And they did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, 
Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And then the midwives answered Pharaoh, uh, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous. And they give birth before the midwife arrives. So Ashipara and Pua refused to play executioners of these children. They kept on uh, doing what was right, even though they knew they risked the wrath of Pharaoh. And when the, her and when the Pharaoh uh, called them out on it, um, they lied, you know? And um, so, um, is it right to lie? No, it's never right to lie. But somebody once said, if you are living under a... Um, a psychopathic leader who has evil intent to harm those that cannot help themselves, it's okay to lie. Yep, you can do it then. But but you can't but but lying isn't right. But um but don't let their their uh their lying uh, help you from seeing what they did and what they did was right because it says they feared God. They refused to obey the law that was wrong even though they knew it could cost them. You know, in the 60s, there were many um, blacks who engaged in civil disobedience. They refused to obey the laws uh, that discriminated against uh, them simply because of the color of their skin. And some of them were arrested, and then when they were released, they continued to, uh, they continued in their civil disobedience. Why? Because prejudice is wrong. And it didn't matter what the laws said it was wrong. You remember the story in Acts, when we went through Acts 5 and the apostles, when they were ministering to the people as Jesus told them to do, and they were healing folks and casting out demons and proclaiming the good news, and, and then they were arrested and sent to jail, and then God uh, miraculously brought them out of jail, and they kept on doing it. Then when they were brought before the the Sanhedrin, the chief priests and the leaders, you know, the leader said, why are you doing this? And they said, because it's better to obey God than man. And this is what um, Shipra and Pua were doing. They were obeying God rather than man. And they were stand as a shining example to us that, um, that we need to live by God's standards regardless of what the laws declare even if it means we take a stand against civil authority at times and we have to pay the consequences let me give you some examples you know german christians who sheltered the jews in world war ii um, those who joined the blacks in demonstration for the civil rights those who uh, stood in front of um, abortion clinics in the 90s to uh, protest uh, the killing of innocent children. Um, uh, Christians who meet in worship in, in, in nations where uh, the gospel is really uh, forbidden by law. Teachers who still read uh, their Bibles, maybe on their time off at school, even though uh, they might get in trouble. Students who choose to pray. You know, at their functions, even though uh, the authorities there say it's wrong. Workers who gently share their faith with other people who are at their work, 
you know, still do their work strongly, but gently just share what they believe and why they believe. You know, those who speak up for somebody who's being bullied, even though they might get bullied themselves. You know, people like that, anytime we obey God, you know, uh, rather than law written or unwritten that is unjust and wrong, we engage in civil disobedience and if we don't stand up for what is right and godly, society will never see the wrongness of what it's doing. My wife often says, and I've heard other people say it too, that, that um, all that is needed for a society to, be de to destroy itself is for godly men and women to do nothing. All that is needed for society to destroy itself is for godly men and women to do nothing. Shipper and Pua, they stood up for the truth. Uh, they were rewarded for their efforts, and these women who had given their lives in, 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 um, in bringing families of joy and children, uh, they, God now uh, brought children to them, so they, 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 God blesses those who fear him, and he judges those who do not fear him. So in verse 20 it says, So God was kind to the midwives and to the people, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. This Pharaoh was uh, not a good person. Um, he, was, he was not convicted of his sin. He became more ruthless. And we're going to see that one, God is going to judge him radically harshly because of the evil that was in his heart. Um, do you feel like at times maybe you're like uh, Shipura or Pua where... Uh, you're in a position um, and you're being pushed to do what is right, even though maybe the law says it's wrong. And you're saying, you know what, I'm willing to take a stand. I'm willing to share my faith. I'm willing to live for Jesus. I'm willing to trust him. Because um, God, it says he honors those who put their confidence in him. He says, those that have put their faith in God, it said he's never let them be put to shame. And so, um, Shipper and Pua are our first two examples and first two lessons in this book of Exodus. And, um, and even as we're walking through this season and this time, encourage your family, encourage your kids, encourage those who are around you to continue to trust God that one, he's in control. He knows what's going on, even when... Your life is falling apart even when uh, things are just way out of our control. And, and it seems like it's like the first time, you know, for a lot of us. We just look and say, I've, I've always been able to control all my circumstances and situations around me. And now all of a sudden, just can't. Just can't. We pray that this time would be over soon, quickly. And as we go through uh, Exodus, we'll look at um, uh, Moses and uh, what he did and the things that he learned about God and uh, his trusting God and believe that one, God is going to get us 
through this as he always has because uh, he is a God who one he is mighty mighty to save so would you join me again in and father <clears throat> thank you thank you Lord for um, for uh, people like Shipra and Pua who trusted you Lord even when the leadership told them not to uh, Father, help us to take a stand and stand for something that's true, that's right, that's good, and to uh, respond to you, to have the fear of the Lord in our lives and not the fear of man, that, God, we would do what's right, we would treat people with respect and honor and dignity, and, Lord, we would walk in your ways, and that then believing, God, that you will honor You'll protect, you will uh, heal us, you'll get us through this time. We uh, bless you and uh, thank you for, um, even for these two people who we look at as saying, these were awesome women. And uh, Lord, they trusted you and help us to trust you like they did in all our ways and all our things. In Jesus' name, amen. That's never failing and mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of the Savior.
Sabbath today. Enjoy God. Enjoy your family. Um, trust in Him and all you do. All right? God bless you. See you next week. Bye-bye.